0: Hello, welcome to A Disciple's Tidbit, a small seed of information to help grow your faith. My name is Craig, and I want to invite you to sit back and enjoy this mini episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's Disciple's Tidbit. So, what I want to talk to you about today is something that I think I've reached a kind of a tipping point with, or at least I do more so than I have in times past, and that is switching off or going off the grid or just giving your brain a rest from the everyday world. So if you've been listening long enough, you know, that I've been around for a little bit, lived some decades on this earth, but I do remember there was a time whenever, uh, we didn't have social media. We didn't have all this technology. I mean, we barely had probably 30 to 40 channels that you could watch on your given television service, your cable TV or whatever else. Didn't have satellite technology and all this and that. I was actually watching a podcast earlier where he said uh, something to the effect of, if you wanted to get a hold of me, you had maybe three ways you could do it. You could call me on the phone that was bolted to the kitchen wall, you know, the landline. You could write me a letter or you could come over to my house. That was it and yes, That's exactly how it was when I was growing up. I didn't get my first mobile phone until I was in my mid to late 20s. It just the technology wasn't there or it was only available for really rich people. As a matter of fact, I remember watching a movie when I was growing up called Lethal Weapon. And uh, he was talking on a mobile phone. And this was like circa 1987 or something like that. And I remember sitting there as a teenager, going, "Wow, that's 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 some pretty hefty technology." And yeah, it would have cost a lot of money to be able to do that, right? So it wasn't a, it wasn't available for the average family or the average person to be able to have that kind of technology. But now you have a computer in your pocket, or A movie studio, theoretically, in your pocket, you have a video camera, also the software to edit it, and the means to upload it to the internet. The internet, honestly, has revolutionized the world, and last week's tidbit, I kind of talked about how it's kind of ruined the world, because now you have information instantly available to you. Here's the thing with technology, though. Technology was always meant to kind of make your life a little bit, quote-unquote, better, or easier or whatnot, but it always seemingly just complicates things all that much more. So obviously in the workplace, this is just complicated things to the nth degree because we now have tools available to us to theoretically make us more productive. But now because we can be more productive, they demand more of us. So it's this whole thing of it's like we're working harder We're not necessarily working smarter, or at least here in the United States, that seems to be how it is. And now it's the same idea applies in our personal life. We now have instant access to communications, like anybody can call me at any time, and if you're like me, you get all these spam calls, right? So I ignore probably about 95% of the calls that come in because they don't have any sort of... Caller ID, which is another modern day technology uh, invention, rather, because when I was up, back in my day, uh, we didn't have that technology available to us. You just picked up the phone and you hoped that it was somebody you knew or whatnot, or if it was a solicitor, you just kind of hung up on them. <laughs> uh, but now you get all these spam calls, you have text messages, which seemed great whenever they first started. It, actually, initially, I have to confess, I really wasn't a fan. Of text messages, I used to say, me being an introvert, I used to say, well, if I want to, you know, talk to somebody, I'll just call them up on the phone. But I realized, yeah, if I just had to tell them something real fast, it was easy to send a text and fire and forget, right? But now we even have access to the news twenty four seven that's bad. In a way, that is really, really bad. Because we find ourselves just sitting there staring at a screen. And I watched a video on YouTube. Uh, Again, it's that whole thing of it's like this stuff just draws you in. And my own wife says I watch way too much of it. Uh, But basically, you have this idea that or actually there was a video where they were in a coffee shop, right? nobody, and I mean nobody was reading a book. Now, it could have been a staged video. I understand that. But nobody was having conversations. Nobody was reading a book. They were all on some sort of screen. And uh, there was a, I don't know if it was a news story or if it was a kind of like a pop culture kind of article or whatever that my wife showed to me basically where uh, somebody Photoshopped all of the devices out of people's hands right and then just showed pictures of what it looked like without these devices in their hands and it's just like they look you know granted they're pictures but they just kind of look like still zombies or they're staring at the ground or they're looking at their hands and you just realize you you know what this is probably not a healthy way to be and in some ways that very well could be was dividing us so much as a country because we're so plugged in. We get radicalized in a lot of ways by whomever we listen to or whomever we follow or whatever else, you know, we may think, you know, on one side, you know, uh, there's a group of people that just refuse to get the vaccine and putting the entire world at risk because we're watching the television or YouTube or whatever that, There are certain reporters that are saying this stuff, or certain journalists that are saying this stuff. But then you go, and it's like if you're going to again utilize the technology and go to the CDC's own website and see that cases and deaths are actually going down. So you have to really try to find balance here, is basically the point that I am trying to make. And honestly, there probably is a case to be made for quote-unquote going off the grid for a little while, for maybe a week. You know, if if you've got the capability in your life to be able to go without a device for a week, I know it seems kind of, oh my gosh, you know, apparently there's a phobia called nomophobia and that's a, uh, a fear of being outside of the reach of a mobile phone or a mobile device but well, what if somebody needs to get a hold of me or stuff like that but if you really stop and think about it i can understand maybe if you're a parent or something like that with small kids but if you're just an adult with no kids i don't know do you really need to be plugged in 24/7 can you stand to actually go without a device for just a week and a lot of people i haven't tried this so you know what it's like i'm sitting here giving out this advice I probably need to follow this advice myself and just put down devices and do nothing but go back to 20th century life really if I don't if I'm not watching an actual TV show or movie then maybe I just open up a book like a physical paperback book I know do those still exist I mean that seems you know there're hardly any bookstores anymore it's all Amazon or Amazon yeah that's pretty much it But I just wanted to throw this out there. It's not necessarily a faith-based tidbit today. It's more like just a a mental health kind of check-in to say, maybe we don't need to be so plugged in, and maybe it will do you a world of good. Maybe you could recenter and refocus on the Lord. Actually get yourself a physical paperback Bible and just go to the coffee shop or go out into the park and just read right instead of reading a device leave your device at home and just you know go back to simpler times a simpler life and it will probably do your mental health a lot of good at this point in the podcast i want to reach out to you and if you have never done so if you have never entered into a saving relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ I want to invite you to do that today. All you need to do is believe. Believe that Jesus was who he said he was. He was God in the flesh. Believe in your heart that he died for your sins and rose from the dead. Confess him as Lord. And the Bible says that you will be saved if you do that. If you truly believe in your heart that Jesus is who he said he was, and that he did exactly what he said he would do for you, you will be saved. It is simply that easy. A lot of people say prayer, prayer. And that's great to confess and put your mind and your heart and everything through a process, if you will, to be able to embody what's already taken place in your heart by simply saying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead and now I confess you as Lord please take control of my life and I want to follow you for the rest of my days Jesus name I pray amen that's all you need to do And your life will change your life will change not necessarily materially not necessarily in terms of the world But your life will change as far as your relationship with God. And you can know for certain that you're saved. The Apostle John wrote that when he was penning 1 John. He says, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you can hope, not that you can wonder, but that you can know. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. At gmail.com. If you have anything that you would like to convey to me, such as something you agree with, something you don't, or anything else, or if you did receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, I'd love to hear from you today and to assist you on your new eternal journey.